0: Hey, welcome back, friends. Uh, I'm excited to have you with us today. We're going to be chatting with uh, our buddy, Eric Ream, who's been on the podcast uh, quite a few times. You may be familiar with him. Eric's a uh, facilitator here at The Speaker Lab, also a professional speaker. So he is on the speaking trail weekly, sharing his message with the world. And so today, uh, Eric's going to break down how he thinks about building geographical momentum for your business. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about the four pillars of geographical prospecting to help you grow your business, create longer lasting relationships with the event planners that you know you love that uh, can help you continue to build your own speaking business. Now, we often say that people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And so we're going to be putting this into practice with the help of geographical prospecting and leveraging that extra mile to build trust with the people that we're around. By the end of this episode, you're going to have all the steps that you need to master geographical prospecting and turn uh, one gig into more. So if you're ready, let's jump right into it. Enjoy today's conversation with Eric Reem. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Bolton here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. So excited for today's conversation. Uh, we're going to be talking with one of the, uh, my favorites and your favorites. We're talking with uh, Doctor Eric Ream. We're just going to throw the doctor in. I don't think he actually is, but uh, I think you know we were just talking here. I believe he probably holds the record for most appearances on the
1: podcast. So is that fair? I think accurate, that's fair. Right? I, I remember the first time you contacted me, actually, you know, I was uh, one of the stu- your students and I was doing halfway decent. We went back and forth, and you said, Hey, I got an idea. You want to be on the podcast? And I said, Sure. And I did it. And you know what's so funny? Um, I don't know if Sheila's like this, your wife, Grant, but my wife is really good about telling me what I need to work on. And so she listened to the that episode we did. She goes, why'd you sound like a robot? Just talk like yourself. You're, you over articulate when you, you don't, you know, and then I talked to you about that and you said, yeah, my, my family says there's the podcast daddy. And then uh-huh. there's the dad, you have a different voice. Yeah. So anyway, so i hopefully I'm talking, if my wife ever hears this, hopefully I'm talking to her standards. So anyway, it's, it's just, an just like, no matter
0: how we talk, they you know, they're, <laughs> they're going to be disappointed in us. Uh, all right. And no, that's not Both But us have amazing wives. Uh, okay. <laughs> So we have recorded a lot of episodes together. You know, one of the things that I always enjoy about these conversations is we're we're talking about some really, really practical, tactical, in the weeds, uh, in the trenches type of ideas. And today is no exception to that. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of geographical prospecting, the power of geographical prospecting. So, Eric, first of all, kind of like set the table for us Like, what exactly are we going to be talking about? What's this concept of geographical prospecting?
1: Yeah. Well, I love this, Grant. And you're right. I, I love the fact that you said we're in the trenches because I just got back from a, a three-week tour in six different locations. Mm. I've been on the road, my man. And it's a beautiful thing because uh, the reason why I was able to do that is because of momentum and you talk about this all the time, speaking is very much a momentum business. And so it it can be hard sometimes, especially when you're first getting started to really get that momentum. But once you have it, it's beautiful and you don't wanna lose it. Well, one of the ways to build that momentum is through targeted prospecting and being very intentional and deliberate on who you're reaching out to. And one of those ways is through geography to initiate those calls to your target market. So that's what we wanna talk about. We wanna talk about how to really capitalize and leverage momentum, but using geography as a way to do that. It's gonna be a fun episode, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think the one thing that makes this effective and one of the reasons that this works is it gives you a valid reason to reach out to a prospect. With that in mind, uh, Eric, what are some of the ways that we can leverage this idea of geographical prospecting?
1: Yeah, so there's really four ways. And the whole point of it is, is that, Once you are going to a gig and you're, you're laying in that gig, you got to look at this as opportunities to create more business. So don't, we don't want to be so focused that when you go to a gig grant that you're, you're going there, you're, you're there to do the gig. You're going to get, you're going to knock it out of the park and get, collect your paycheck. You're going to move on. You got to think bigger than that. And you got to start thinking about, well, maybe this is an area where I can expand my message and do it so, with folks that are in the proximity of where I'm going to be. So there's four ways that I've seen in the past, Grant, I'll be interested to get your thoughts on this, that how you're going to leverage ge- uh, geography. The first one is just land a gig uh Land a gig that you're doing in that area already. So you mentioned it. Like if I want to be, I go to Tennessee quite a bit. You and I talk about that because that's an opportunity for you and I to get breakfast. By the way, uh, Grant always gets the same thing when we have breakfast. steeled oats, right? Steel cut oats. That's what he always gets. Yeah. It always makes me feel bad because I want to get bacon and eggs. I want to eat poorly, but I can't when Grant's eating really nice, nice and healthy in front of me. But that, so the point is I go to Tennessee quite a bit. So one of the reasons why I do go there quite a bit is because I like to reach out to folks while I'm there and expand my opportunities to speak. So if you're already going to an area to speak, then why not try to grab more opportunities while you're there and speak in other areas that are within that same geographical location. That's number one. The second way of using geography is you can have a prospect audit your gig that is near them. Grant, I can't tell you how many times I've done this, where I've been in contact with a prospect, or I, I contact them, and it just so happens that I'm going to be in their area speaking, and I invite them to come and sit in the audience and to listen to me speak. I've gotten so many gigs out of that, just having them sit in the audience and hear Mm -hmm. me speak live. Talk about demo videos, right? This is a live demo video. They're actually sitting in there, seeing the audience react. And then the third one is you can merge prospects that can't afford you by themselves, but they can split the costs, and so this happens a lot with workshops. You no, know, Grant, I know you love doing workshops. I know that's like your thing, My right? yeah. And so, if you're going to be doing a workshop, and I, if I have a, a prospect I've reached, I'm reaching out to, and they say, "Well, what's your fee?" Well, you know, it's going to be fifteen grand. Well, we don't really have that budget. So, great, why don't we invite? Uh, uh, like organizations that's near you and that we also get value from it and you can split the cost. I've done, I just did that recently actually out in Rapid City, Iowa where two organizations came together. They both split the cost and brought me in because they all within a couple miles from each other. So that's the third one. And the last one is you can actually meet with prospects that are near your gig. So if you've got a prospect that's really hot and you've been wanting to work with them and you just haven't brought it across the finish line and you're going to be in the area, they can't come and audit the course, right? They can't. uh, They can't hire you because they don't have an event coming up or they don't need that. But they'd be willing for you to swing by their office and shake their hand, get to know them do that as well. I do that in Columbus, Ohio, quite a bit. There's several folks there that I'd like to work with. And I've reached out to them to say, Hey, I want to be in your area. Can I swing by your office and say hi? So all these things allow you to take the momentum, to leverage that momentum, and then double down on that to build more business out of it. So Grant, anything that I missed there that you want to add?
0: Yeah. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, like people do business with people they know, like and trust. And so whenever you have the opportunity to meet someone in person, to connect with them, it deepens that relationship. It builds that rapport, it builds that connection. So even like you said, even if it's someone who's not necessarily looking for a speaker today for a specific event in mind... I felt, I've always felt confident, like if I can meet them, if I can interact with them, if I can hang out with them, if they can see me speak, the next time they are thinking about a speaker or considering a speaker or looking for a speaker, there's a good chance I'm going to be at the top of their list because of that interaction, because they, they have, uh, not only have we met, but they got to see me speak. So we're going to talk about a, a bunch of case studies in just a minute here for both of us of how we've experienced this. But I'll give you one quick story. I remember several years ago, I was invited to, I had um, three different back-to-back Uh, to back gigs. And so just flying from one city to the next, to the next. And like a week before there's something that happened where the middle event, which was going to be in Minneapolis, the event ended up being canceled. And so I was like, well, dang, I've I've already got, you know, my travel booked and it didn't make sense logistically for me to fly home kind of in between the other two events. Uh, and so I was basically just going to have to go to Minneapolis. And so I, I told this client, I said, Hey, let's just, let's still get together. Let's grab lunch and, uh, let's meet up. And uh, they, in fact, I ended up doing a free gig. I said, Hey, why don't you just find an organization in the, they worked with a variety of organizations in the Minneapolis area. Why don't you just find an organization that uh, I'm going to be in town anyway? What if I do something? And that way they're the hero. But also, again, we hung out, did lunch. And it was just a, a fun day just to hang out. Like I got zero monetary gain from it at that moment. But what ended up happening was a couple of years later, this same person ended up moving up in this, uh, uh, this was a state level organization. She moved up to the national uh, organization and became one of the national directors. And so her first year uh, leading the national organization, when she was tasked with hiring the keynote speakers for their national conference, she booked me for the opening keynote slot. And I got to think like some of it had to do with uh, just the interaction, the, the relationship, the the friendship that we had built just by getting together and meeting in person and her seeing me speak. So it absolutely moves the needle and, and makes a, a real big difference. So let's talk through uh, like, how does this actually work though? From like a logistical standpoint, Eric, like what would be the steps in, uh, implementing some of these ideas?
1: Yeah. You know, anytime we get together, there's going to be steps, right, Grant? And so there's steps to everything. And so the first fo- the first step is just laying the gig. All right. So you're going to get a gig and this is where you want to then leverage the momentum of that gig. And so for anybody listening to this podcast from here on out, I always want you to think of just because you land a gig, it doesn't stop there. How can you parlay that into more gigs? Well, so once you get the gig land, then what you want to do is you want to look for prospects that are within your target market. Now I say within a 50 mile radius, Right. Is, that's not like the end-all be-all. You, you just pick whatever radius works for you, but you want to look for folks that are in that area that's within your target market. So for me, utilities are my target market, and I, I work really a lot with municipal utilities. So if I go speak at an event for a municipal utility, there's a good chance within a 50-mile radius I could probably find a half dozen other util- like utilities like that that I could reach out to. So that's what you want to do. But the, here's the thing. Here's what's beautiful about this is – the whole point of this is you're gonna start the prospect with the uh, the process with those prospects. So let's say that I'm gonna go speak in uh, at an event and within a 50-mile radius, let's say there's five other utilities, and let's say I reach out to all five, if nothing comes from it other than I've started the conversation, I've now got five new contacts in my pipeline that I could I could start the process with, and I had a reason to reach out to them. Does that make sense, Grant? That's a fantastic way to start the process.
0: Yeah, and one other thing to piggyback on there, you mentioned kind of that radius there. I remember a gig I did in Dallas several years ago, and there was a lady who I had talked to, I believe she lived in Oklahoma, and she was asking. Adamant on we do not hire speakers unless we have we I have personally seen them live or someone I personally know has seen them live. So she was just hardcore adamant on that. So I knew like man I'm trying to get booked with this gig but there's no way around this thing. And so I remember I was going to be in, in Dallas which was like a 3 hour drive for her, but I told her I was like hey, I'm going to be I'm going to be in your time zone, you know, that's better than nothing. And she ended up making the drive, 3 hours to see me and ended up booking me from that event. And so yeah, you 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 again going back to the original idea of it gives you a reason to reach out because not only could it turn into something, but it's also becomes this like social proof of, oh yeah, remember when we talked several months ago and you're considering hiring me like I'm still out here. I'm still doing it. I'm doing the thing, you know, that you're considering hiring me for, and I think it just gives some credibility that you could do this. So, yeah, you, you know, it could be an hour, it could be several hours. You, you don't know what someone may be willing to to drive to to see you speak.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the only reason that I would change that is someday I'd like to get a plane. If only I knew somebody that had a plane, maybe, you know, somebody, someday. Grant, that has. Yeah. So I, I can expand my, my radius. That's a dream of mine someday. Maybe I'll, I'll double that if I can fly there. All right. So that's number two. So number three, then, once you found those prospects that are within that that range, you want to get them on the phone. And Grant, I think you would agree that the number one thing with any prospect is to get them on the phone, right? So you want to get on the phone and explore opportunities to work with them while you're in their area. So there's really three things you're looking to do: book a gig with them. You, you, you'll never, you just never know what may come of it. They may have a gig they're thinking about doing. Maybe they're trying to do an all-employee meeting, and this, this is a good time to do it. You don't know what may come of it, so that's number one. May, you might be able to just be able to book a gig with them right then and there. If you can't do that, invite them to come see you. Say, "I'd love you to. I'd love to invite you to the." Talk, if the conversation is going well so grant let's say you're the prospect and we're having a good conversation turns out we're a really good fit you like the idea you know there's really not an opportunity to book a gig right now but you would be open to working with me then I, that's when I just go to the next thing and say hey why don't you come hear me talk be my guest I'd love to have you come and, and listen to me and so you invite them um, if that doesn't work but you you're, you're having a good conversation maybe that's not maybe they just can't make the drive or whatever to say hey, you might mind, mind if I swing by I'd love to come visit with you you know I got a book I'd love to give you I'd love to just chat with you I'd love to see your office, would you be open to that? So you just have that. If they can't do any of those things, that's fine. Then say, Hey, great. Let's talk about how we can partner in the future. Cause I'd love to work with you. Right? So then that, all you're doing is just, just exploring the opportunities. You know, one of the things when we work with students, Grant, a lot of times people overthink the phone call, you know, they think they got to have this perfect script and you don't, all you got to do is just have a conversation. You're just talking mm-hmm. with a human being and just having a conversation to see if it takes you anywhere. And I guarantee if you just relax, just have the conversation. You'll be amazed at how the doors begin to open up um, and it will go down the way it's supposed to go. Is that, do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like we, we touched on earlier, like people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And part of, what, you know, we remind speakers of this all the time. As a speaker, part of what you are being hired for is what you deliver and present on stage. You know, I was hired to put to to present on a subject or topic. And um, that's part of what I'm doing. But the other part is just how you are to work with. And, you know, from an event planner, a decision maker standpoint, if they're putting on an event, you are, as the speaker, you're one of hundreds or thousands of moving pieces and balls they got to juggle and keep up with. And so the easier you are to work with, the easier that you make their life, the more likely they're going to want to be to work with you, to recommend you, to refer you, to tell others about you and they just have a great experience. And this isn't exclusive to just speakers. This is true for anything. I'll give you a quick example. Like, um, we, uh, this was over the uh, last winter, we had a really hard freeze come through and we had a lot of landscaping die. And so we were looking in the spring about doing some new landscaping and insurance was going to cover a bunch of it. Um, and the, uh, the landscapers we talked to said, "Ah, it's better to wait till the fall." And uh, so we've been talking to a couple of different landscapers. So part of what we are looking at as we're talking to potential landscapers is one, what is the work that you're going to actually do, but two is how are you to work with? Because if you're amazing at planting trees or bushes or whatever it may be, but you're a pain in the butt to work with, meaning like you said you're going to be here at certain time and you didn't show up, or you're late, or you said you're going to be done by this deadline and it took you, you know quite a bit longer, or you said you're going to do this and you drop the ball on that. Like, those are things you're just like, dang, like you did the finished product was great, but you're just a pain in the butt to work with. People don't want to work with, you know, landscapers or service providers or speakers that are like that. And so whenever you, again, you meet them in person and you build that rapport, that connection, they get a sense of this is what it's like to work with me, which again, is part of what they are hiring you to do.
1: That's awesome. I love it, man. I love it. You have good stories. I try. You know, so I got I more because we
0: got case studies here. So uh, rather than
1: just kind of like talking
0: <laughs> about the the ideas of this, uh, you and I have both have a bunch of different examples. Uh, I, I've got several here, but I'm going to let you start. Like, tell us a time of where you took this uh, geographical prospecting idea and and implemented. What were the results? Yeah.
1: I want to actually uh, tell you two, two examples off one spot which is kind of interesting how I leverage just one spot in two different ways. So one was um, I, I got a gig down in uh, Huntsville, Alabama. I go to, I've been going there for the last three years. I've got a partnership down there. And there was a, a lady in t- uh, that saw me speak in Tennessee, but it was about a different subject. And she was really interested in this other subject. She goes, I, I want to know more about that and how you may be able to add value to my group. And I said, well, this so happens, I'm going to be in Huntsville, speak on that very thing. Would you like to come check it out? She goes, yeah, I would. And so she drove, she came to the event, she sat in the back, she had a blast, she enjoyed it, and she actually booked me out of that gig. So that's a that's one example. Same utility, right? I was talking to a, a guy out in Colorado. Now you're wondering, Eric, uh, did you take geography class? Because Alabama's kind of far from Fort Collins. Well, hear me out, Grant. All right, hear me out. He actually, as I was talking to him on the phone, turns out he's from Alabama, all right? And I said, hey, um, I've got this gig in Huntsville, and this gives you an excuse to probably come home and and be with your family. Why Why don't you come check it out? And he's like, when is it? And I told him it's good. Actually, we just had this conversation. I told him what it is. He goes, let me get back with you. I think that sounds like it may work. So I mm-hmm. used geography in a more uh, creative way because that's he's actually from there. And he obviously got to go home and visit his family. So why not turn that into a business trip, come hang out with your family, and then swing over and and audit my course too. So that's one uh, situation that I used two different times uh, with two different folks that are helping me land gigs. How about you? What You got an example of one, uh, Grant?
0: yeah let me give you one uh that i used a couple years ago um in north dakota so i was invited to speak at um some organization in north dakota and i remember it was on the eastern side of the state so i believe you know in the fargo area and so similar to what we talked about so those those uh, different steps and prospects uh, are are, um different steps in prospecting uh i reached out to some other organizations but also not just me reaching out to other organizations but also worked with the client this is another thing we, we didn't really touch much on but saying hey if you can find other organizations in the area, we can split travel costs among everybody and then everybody's going to save money on that. So immediately they're like, oh, absolutely. Here's, you know, two or three other organizations. So I reach out to those organizations and say, hey, I'm going to be in the area on this date. So you kind of have this anchored date that you're going to be somewhere and then from there uh they I booked another one or two things on like the next day or two and then it also like it continued to expand from there uh where I'd talk to them and they'd say, hey, there's another organization or two that might be interested in you. So long story short, what ended up supposed to be like a a one-off gig in in Fargo, North Dakota on a Monday ended up being a full week all the way across North Dakota. And I just scheduled everything where I was slowly inching my way. So I started on one side of the state, literally ended in the other side of the state. And each day I was doing one or two gigs, just kind of inching my way across. But all of a sudden, again, it was just what went from one gig making, you know, X turned into significantly more for one week where, again, it's a lot easier for me. I'm already going to be in the area. They did part of the legwork of recommending other potential clients that were in the area that would be, uh, you know, a good fit. So, again, that worked incredibly, incredibly well. That was a win for the clients and also a win for, for
1: me. That's awesome, man. I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. The key though, is what time of year were you inching across North Dakota? Because that's a different experience. What time of year was that? <laughs>
0: I want to say it was in the fall, but I have, oh. I do remember, uh, uh, two times, uh, somehow I've done a lot of gigs in North Dakota. One time I did a gig <laughs> in North Dakota and it must've been like a January, February or something. And, um, the, I did the gig the next morning, go to fly out. And it was so cold that they could not start the plane. And I was like, this <laughs> is awful. Another time I remember doing a gig in North Dakota and they had to, um, I, I don't remember what time I was supposed to speak. They moved everything up because there was an incoming blizzard and they were having to like cancel the, or basically wrap up the event massively early. So everybody could get out of there. So yeah, you, you do not want
1: to be in North Dakota the <laughs> wrong time of year. Yeah. That that's, uh, for uh, Texas is that for me, for whatever reason, I get hired to go to Texas a lot. They love me in Texas. I don't know why but they do um i got i got one example for you grant um and this is not as much geography but being open to leveraging uh where i was going to cross paths with an event planner and so my point is i also want to make sure that everybody that's listening to this you always want to keep your mind open to when you can meet with an event planner uh when it works out based on you being the same place right so this uh, person uh, actually I don't get this very often, but this person actually reached out to me in LinkedIn. We had a prior, we'd crossed paths in the past. And she said, hey, Eric, I'm really liking your stuff. I see you got a new book. I'm really interested in potentially working with you. And it turns out she was actually, she actually is in Texas, thinking going back to Texas. And she was going to be going to a conference that I was going to be at in Florida. And through the conversation, we figured that out. And I, she said, "Well, let's get together while we're at the conference." And so we, I made it a point to link up with her. She went and saw me speak. We had uh, some some time together after the conference, and we're in the process of now of her creating a budget so she can bring me in. What I did, though, is I used the opportunity of us being together at the same conference Mm -hmm. to leverage that into a gig as well. So it doesn't necessarily always have to be just so strict that you're going to be in the area. It could be as you had the conversation, if you're going to be in the same area, use that as an opportunity to leverage that to more gigs.
0: Yeah, I've done the same where I've I've been at some type of national conference that's going to be a gathering of other, maybe smaller associations or groups that I have talked to in the past. And so I might reach out to them and said, hey, you know, uh, I saw that you're going to be, or are you going to be at, you know, XYZ conference next week? I'm going to be doing a session or I'm going to be doing the keynote or I'm going to whatever and invite them specifically to your session. So again, you're building a little bit of connection rapport ahead of time uh, and then make sure that you just say, hey, you know, as soon as my session's. Over stick around, like I, I'd love to, you know, finally connect or meet in person. Um, I'll give you one other example. I remember years ago was speaking in Oregon, and kind of a similar thing. There was a uh, there's a lady up in the, the Portland area that I talked with before, who's considering hiring me for an event. Invited her to come see me speak, and I remember uh, after the event, she stuck around and she started giving me dates right then of going like, "Okay, here's when our conference is," and it's basically like, "Send us a contract, done deal. Let's do this." And again, the 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 thing that made such a, of an impact was she saw me speak in person. And there's like there's no better marketing than a great talk and doing a, delivering a great presentation. So uh, this was definitely an example of uh, she was already there. Uh, she was in the area. It was no big deal for her to come. Also think about one thing we talk a lot about. Is how uh, event planners, decision makers, they're in the risk mitigation business, and so whenever they are hiring you, they're putting you up on stage, they're giving you a microphone in front of their audience. There's just a massive amount of trust that goes into that. Are you gonna, you know, do a good job? Are you gonna? Hopefully, you're not gonna say anything inappropriate or disrespectful or rude or something that's gonna be embarrassing to me or the company or my boss or board or whoever it may be who is involved in the decision making process. So whenever they're meeting you in person or whenever they see you speak live, it massively de-risk the idea of, of hiring you. So this is again, an example in, in Oregon where I uh, invited her to come and literally
1: on site, I remember she was like, here's the dates. <laughs> What's the price? Uh, let's do this. That's awesome. Have you ever had anybody that audit you, uh, audited your, your talk grant that didn't hire you? Um, good question.
0: I mean, nothing comes to mind. I mean, I'm, I'm sure people have, um, because again, it, it kind of depends on, uh, where someone is at, at the time that they come to see you speak. You know, there's a chance that someone comes and sees you. and It's like, Oh, that was awesome. That's just maybe not what we're looking for. Or we just don't have a need for that right now. Or, you know, our funding just changed or, whatever, but it's it, nonetheless, you are on their radar. And mm-hmm. so even if it's the type of thing where that person doesn't have a need that day to hire you like this gal Organ, it doesn't mean that they never will, or that they will never interact with someone who has that need. So a lot of times these organizations and groups, these event planners, they're always looking for speakers and they're comparing notes with other event planners and decision makers. So it may be um, uh, very reasonable to assume that they are going as they're talking with other event planners and saying, Hey, I just saw this speaker. They're not really a fit for what we're doing. Um, but I would highly endorse, recommend, uh, this speaker and they would do an an awesome job. So Absolutely. Even if someone is not necessarily looking for a speaker, if I can just get them in the room, I, I know it typically leads to good things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever had someone audit not hire me. I think it's a the point they want to come see you. I think it's just they're just trying to get comfortable m- with you on stage and make sure that you're you're good enough to speak at their event. And I got to tell you, almost every event I do now, I'll, I almost have at least one event planner in, in, in the audience audit me now because I've turned that into part of my 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 thing now. Um, I did that with Hawaii actually. Hawaii was a company that um for whatever reason i just could not land them and so finally i said listen i'm doing this thing in denver this not geography didn't make sense geography wise but uh would you guys like to come check it out and they actually sent two people they flew two people from hawaii they came to denver they listened to me talk um and they ended up hiring me. And, that was, and it took me two years to land that. And what sealed the deal was actually having them come audit. So the point is is that I think auditing like that, if you have someone on the fence that uh, or they, they, they need a little bit of a push, just invite them to one of your gigs. You'll be surprised if they may be willing to travel. So it doesn't necessarily have to be close. You mentioned that one lady drove three hours. So don't mm-hmm. discard that. They, even if the fact that you're offering that to them tells them that you're serious and that might be even enough for them to jump on board.
0: Very much so. All right, we've covered a lot of ground here. Let's kind of put a bow on things. So Eric, why don't you kind of resummarize uh the steps that we need to take
1: in order to to use this idea of geographical prospecting? Yeah. Yeah. So again, there's four there's four areas that I that I count as the what we're talking about today. One is if you already got a gig in your area, reach out to other folks in that air in that area. Um, have them audit the course, uh, or audit the, your talk. That's another one. If they, if you got a prospect that might be on the fence, if you've got uh, uh, two different prospects or a prospect that can't afford you, and this is like a workshop type setting and they can merge with other uh, folks like organizations within the the area, then that's a good thing. I've done that several times. And then uh, at a minimum, just meet with some prospects that you're really high on that you think that could be really good partners for you. If they're willing to sit down and chat with you, then spend an extra day or an extra half a day, and go and go out and hang with some of those folks. That will go a long way. Now, the four steps that we recommend. Once you land a gig, look for prospects within a fifty-mile radius. Right, the key is just get the process started, and then once you get them on the phone, just explore opportunities with them. Right, and if you could book a gig right then and there, like you, what you experienced, Grant, with that lady that came and watched you, she's ready to book you right then and there. That's fantastic. Invite them to come audit you if uh, they're not really to hire, willing to hire you yet, or if they can't do any of those things, then swing by. So those those are the steps we take, Grant. Anything else you want to add? yeah I think the bottom line is like again add this to your process this is a big thing that we talk a
0: lot about in the building a speaking business in general is this is not like a haphazard of like eh, I'll just get around to it when we get around to it or like you know be intentional if you're going to an area be intentional whenever you're building relationships when you're nurturing your CRM when you're reaching out to prospects be intentional about this so this is a again the low-hanging fruit something that's easy to do add this to your process your process of what it is that you're already doing to again continue to build uh, nurture those relationships and continue to book more gigs. So Eric, uh, always good chatting with you, my friend. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, any other final words of wisdom? No,
1: Grant, it's just, it's just fun hanging out with you on this. You've been doing this for several years now. The speaking industry is better for it. So thank you for consistently showing up and, and doing this and just adding tremendous value. Your podcast is one of my top podcasts. I listen to every week. I still get a lot of value out of it. And it's just an honor that you invite me to come back. So thank you so much for letting me hang with you. Always good to have you, my friend.
0: Hi friend, are you ready to get serious about taking your speaking business to the next level? Maybe you are someone who is looking for ways to book more paid gigs, or maybe you're trying to figure out all the different things that go into building a successful speaking business, or perhaps you are an experienced speaker who wants to scale your speaking business to multiple six figures. If that's you, I'd encourage you to visit thespeakerlab.com slash call again, thespeakerlab.com slash call and book a free, no obligation call with our team. And if you're not quite ready to take that leap, I don't want you to hesitate in checking out all the free resources that we have available to you on our website, including this podcast. So head over to thespeakerlab.com. Again, thespeakerlab.com. Find hundreds of blog posts, how-to guides, podcast episodes, email scripts, proposal templates, and so much more. Finally, I got a big favor. I would love for you to leave us a rating or review for this podcast. We read every single one, and it also helps other speakers find valuable free resources that they can use to build their own speaking careers. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.